Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, March the 11th, 2022, and praise be to God, you have survived the week. You are mere hours away from your weekend. Let's pray. It's going to be a great weekend at that. We have a lot to cover in uh, the show today. It's going to be very interesting. We are going to have a, a Russian dissident on the show, an exile, someone who who left uh, Russia with some documents that they did not want him to have. He He actually published those documents, I think, back in... 2011 or something like that. Uh, his name is Pavel Stroilov. He is uh, a distant living in exile in the United Kingdom. He is with a, an organization called Christian Concern that apparently represents Christians in the UK fighting for their religious liberties, not unlike some of those organizations like the Thomas More Society in the United States and Alliance Defending Freedom and many others. So we're going to have a conversation with him in our guest segment at 35 past the hour. Is the USSR making a great comeback? Is Vladimir Putin making the USSR great again? We're going to have that conversation. Is he the great crusader that some would say? Uh, what is the status of society in Russia? What is his opinion on this situation in the Ukraine? We're going to have a conversation around all of that with Pavel Stroilov coming up at 35 past the hour. Lots of stories in the news to cover in the What's Concerning Us. China's new AI nanny is the big issue. Could a, could the use of artificial intelligence create artificial wombs that uh, no longer need moms and dads? They may be doing that in China right now. How do we feel about that as Catholics? You know, Facebook and Instagram saying they're going to allow violence on their platforms so long as it's targeted towards Russia. <laughs> That's an interesting turn of events. The House Democrats passed a spending bill, of course, we mentioned that yesterday, forcing Americans to fund Planned Parenthood. And that's never a good thing. So we'll cover some of those stories coming up at 15 past the hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Are you worried about the USSR being great again? Uh, well, I I am what I would say bezpilled, bezmanov pilled. I don't know if you guys have seen Yuri Bezmanov. <laughs> I, I recommend you go look at his interviews. He was a KGB defector too. I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he would he would talk about God subversion. Rest his soul. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was he Catholic? I don't know. No. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, very concerning stuff that we're seeing here. I'm looking forward to talking to Pavel yeah. with it. Yeah, that you're the interview you just mentioned is a very interesting interview. It supposedly is. giving the entire game plan of the Soviet Union to pretend to die in order to corrupt the West. Yep. You know, are we there? I don't. Who knows? The answer is who knows. It's like uh, smoke and mirrors everywhere you look. Speaking of which. Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. Despite Praise be to God. Despite of it all, it's good to be here. It's uh, a bright, sunny day. Well, okay. <laughs> it's going to be It's going, going to be, to be a bright, be. sunny day. It's almost a bright, sunny day. <laughs> I got to tell you, yesterday, funny story real quick. So I, I got a dollar off at the, ga- at the gas pump. I was so excited because it was $4 a gallon. And I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I had a dollar off discount on my fuel points, and I'm pumping. I'm excited. It's blue sky, sunny day. It shut off at only after six gallons and said, you have reached your limit. No more for you. Wait, what? Yikes. Yeah. 
I was like, they're rationing gas. They, that's what I thought. I got all freaked out. I'm like, what? I only got six gallons. I I, I wanted a whole tank. What? And uh, yeah, so uh, still no that's no cringe. no positive answer. Like I well, talked to the manager. I did everything. I mean, maybe you used so. all your fuel points or something. Or I, that's why I had that's th- concerning. I had a thousand fuel points. Should I go hoard some gas? Poof. poof. Like, and you know, nice. Emily posted a, a video of her the gas prices in Chicago. And oh, Emily gas Alcaraz, price, yeah. Our and old she had the gas prices at nine ninety nine wow. in Chicago. Nine ninety nine. That's Chicago. a deal. No, that's. Fake I was news. like, there's. I was like, that, <laughs> that is I was Russian like, disinformation. Wow. I was that like, is... there's no possibility. That's got to be broken. <laughs> Vladimir Putin made that. That, that uh, meme. he put it on the internet. I'm that's sure. that tower. That little sign. That must be broken. That's got to be broken. There's no possibility. <laughs> it is nine ninety nine. California's not nine ninety nine. If you flip nine ninety nine over, what is it? I see where you're going with that. Build back better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll have more of those shenanigans later in the show. So stick around if you like that kind of thing. But uh, I want to thank Amber Carey, Dave Palmer, and uh, Tim Hennevan this morning for being our incredible volunteers, taking today to pray, to fast, to do penance, offering up their suffering and sacrifices for the conversion of ardent sinners like heretics and blasphemers, those kinds of sinners that we tend to never pray for, right? Because we don't like them, so we we sort of ignore them. But we shouldn't. We should not leave them out there alone. Our Lady warned us to uh, back in 1917 that so many souls would end up in hell because nobody was praying for them. So we've decided to spend this Lent praying for those people. And uh, Amber and Dave and Tim not, are not only praying for those intentions, but they're also praying for peace in our world as well. And they're joining us today. So Amber, Dave, and Tim, God love you. Thank you for doing that. We're very grateful. And we're going to jump in by praying our golden arrow prayer, and we're going to get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, most unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today's Friday, March 11th. These are your headlines. Breitbart reports Russia withdraws from Council of Europe. The Council oversees the European Court of Human Rights, alleging the European Union and NATO abuse their influence with the organization. The Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs said Russia will not participate in the campaign being waged by NATO and its obedient EU followers to turn the oldest European organization into another platform for preaching about Western superiority and for grandstanding. Let them enjoy each other's company without Russia. And One American News reports United Airlines to let unvaccinated employees return to jobs on March 28th. In a memo, the Chicago-based U.S. carrier said about 2,200 employees had received vaccine-related reasonable accommodations after it had become the first major U.S. airline to mandate employee vaccines. United told the federal appeals court on Thursday that the new policy was due to substantial changes in the scope and severity of the pandemic, as well as guidance of public health officials. United said the change applies to all employees who were placed on temporary unpaid leave, as well as those temporarily placed in other jobs. 
And the AP reports Justice Department names prosecutor to go after pandemic fraud. Kevin Chambers, an associate deputy attorney general, will lead criminal and civil enforcement efforts targeting pandemic-related fraud. You may remember a story we shared earlier this week of a man who took out a fraudulent $80,000 loan and bought a $60,000 trading card with it. The Justice Department has already taken enforcement actions related to more than $8 billion in suspected pandemic fraud. And the Epic Times reports LA unified enrollment to drop below 400,000 in two years, say officials. Enrollment for the nation's second largest school district, the Los Angeles Unified School District, is down by 40% from 747,000 students in 2003 to 437,000 this year. District officials project the district may continue to face steep enrollment declines in the coming years. Because state funding is based on enrollment, several schools in the district are facing the possibility of closing, merging, or downsizing based on the enrollment numbers. I'm tempted to say, hey, that's good news. But in any case, those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Teresa Margaret Reedy. She was born Anna Maria Reedy to a large noble family in Ariso. And at the age of nine, she was enrolled in the boarding school of the Benedictine monks of the monastery of St. Apollonia in Florence. An alumna of the monastery school had returned to bid farewell to her former teachers as she was entering the community of descaled Carmelite nuns in the city. Reedy was deeply moved by the enthusiasm and joy she saw in the older girl's face. As she reflected on this, she felt that she suddenly received an unspoken message from the founders of the order. The noted Carmelite mystic and foundress, Teresa of Avila. On the 1st of September, 1764, she formally submitted her request for admission to the assembled, assembled descaled Carmelite nuns of the monastery of St. Teresa in Florence. Reedy was admitted to the monastery in November 1764, and on the 11th of March of the following year, she was given the religious habit of the order, and she took the name Teresa Margaret Mariana of the Sacred Heart. Teresa Margaret was a very private and spiritual person. She was assigned to the office of infirmarian for the community. That would be like a nurse, which she carried out diligently. She had a special gift for reaching the deaf and mentally ill nuns among her charge. And at the same time, she was able to grow deeply in her interior life. She was given a special contemplative and experience concerning the words of 1 John 4, 8. God is love, which was a phrase she would repeat often. Despite the constant reprimands and humiliations inflicted on her by her prioress of the community in order to test her, she proved to be unfailingly cheerful. At the start of 1770, an epidemic broke out in the monastic community. Teresa Margaret worked carelessly, ceaselessly caring for the other nuns. In early March, she seemed to have a premonition of her sudden death, which is at the young age of 23. On the 6th of March, having been forced to miss the community meal, she was eating alone in the refectory when she had a sudden attack of a pain similar to colic, which left her unable to reach her room until morning. Eventually taking to her bed, she summoned help. Although she was suffering a good deal of pain, she refused to be cared for by the other nuns so as not to burden them. Given the last rite that afternoon, she then lost her ability to speak or to move, and death soon followed. St. Teresa Margaret Reedy, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verses 20 through 26. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, 
Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, This is the first mention of hell, though the kingdom of heaven had been mentioned some time before, which shows that the gift of the one comes of his love, the condemnation of the other of our sloth. Many, thinking this a punishment too severe for a mere word, say that this was said figuratively. But I fear that if we thus cheat ourselves with words here, we shall suffer punishment indeed there. Think not, then, this too heavy a punishment, when so many sufferings and sins have their beginning in a word. A little word has often begotten a murder and overturned whole cities. And yet it is not to be thought a little word that denies a brother reason and understanding by which we are men. Any differ from their brutes. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Augustine would say, for he who kills himself does nothing else but kill a man. Yet have not they in any way done contrary to this commandment who have waged war under God's authority, or they who charged with the administration of civil power have by most just and reasonable orders inflicted death upon criminals? Hmm, close quote. St. Augustine, pray for us. Here's one more, St. Jerome. For when we are told to pray for them that persecute us, all occasion of anger is taken away, for the wrath of man worketh not, the righteousness of God, close quote, St. Jerome. I think that one, last one, is probably the best one because it's very pointed. It's to the point. Love your enemy. Love and forgive those who persecute you. It is to become like God to forgive one's enemies. It is hard. It is difficult. Maybe this Lent we can work on that. Loving our enemies, having class and charity to even those that we hate the most. Amen. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Critics often accuse Christians of being intolerant for saying a person's belief is wrong. The underlying assumption being that a tolerant worldview accepts everyone's opinions as having equal value. What can we say in response? Well, first, the objection wrongly assumes that tolerance means accepting everyone's opinions as having equal value. The true meaning of tolerance is respecting a person's dignity even though you think he's wrong. We're labeled as intolerant for saying someone is wrong, but yet saying someone is wrong belongs to the essence of tolerance. 
Second, the charge applies a double standard. The objector says the Christian is being intolerant for saying someone's belief is wrong, but yet in doing so, the objector necessarily implies the Christian's belief is wrong, and thus is being intolerant according to his own standards. So the charge from intolerant is simply confused and inconsistent. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to do some Bible reading. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Bible regularly? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to get some insight into life in Russia. Maybe the motivations of Vladimir Putin in this special military operation in the Ukraine. Uh, Is Putin trying to make the USSR great again? We're going to talk to a Russian dissident and an exile Pavel Stroilov. He's uh, living in the UK. He's born and raised in Russia. We're going to have a conversation around what is going on from his perspective, all that coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several uh, stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. And uh, here's a story that I feel is a trend that is basic. It's like a train that left the station and it's just, it's gone. It's gone. I mean, can we ever undo all of the experimentation on the human person? At this point, is it even possible? I'm not sure it is, to be honest with you. Maybe I'm a, uh, a glass half empty kind of a guy. That's possible. I'll admit that. But at the same time, how are we ever going to rein back the scientific community in their, their lust to experiment with the human persons in ways that we find morally reprehensible? I mean, we've talked extensively now the last couple of weeks about that uh, Pennsylvania University that was experimenting with aborted babies, uh, grafting their hair onto rats. Wait, there's that. I mean, there's tons of stories. But here's one out of China. This is a story on LifeSite News. The headline goes, China's new AI nanny could aid use of artificial wombs, shatter current family model. I'll read a little of the article for you. Chinese researchers say, They've developed artificial intelligence that monitors and cares for embryos in artificial wombs, allowing for expansion of simulated womb gestation. While the AI nanny technology is now being used to assist with the care of animal embryos in artificial wombs, the research team spearheading the technology proposed that it could help solve birth defects and other major reproductive health problems in humans, according to the South China Morning Post. Are you, are you picking up what they're putting down here? So don't worry. We won't have any more of those defective babies anymore. Uh-uh. We're going to take care of that. We will genetically improve these people or we'll get rid of them altogether. I mean, if you read between the lines, it's like, it's like the movie Galactica. You ever seen the movie Galactica with Ethan Hawke? How they were genetically modifying humans? I mean, there's that. And then there's the whole, uh, you know, Matrix where they all lived in little cocoons, you know, in embryonic fluid with umbilical cords. I'm getting flashbacks here to all these movies. The article goes on to say, Professor Sun uh, at the 
Suzhou Institute of Biomedical Engineering and Technology, a subsidiary of the Chinese Academy of Sciences and his colleagues, explained in the Journal of Biomedical Engineering how their new AI aids gestation in artificial wombs. The AI nanny is said to expedite what was formerly a time-consuming and labor-intensive process, whereby each embryo in an artificial womb had to be observed, documented, and adjusted manually. The nanny robot is able to detect the smallest signs of change on the embryos and fine-tune the carbon dioxide, nutrition, and environmental inputs shared the SCMP, adding that it can also rank embryos by their health and developmental potential. Hmm, there you go. Picking the winners and cutting the losers. These are human beings we're talking about. But some get to survive and others don't. Gee, I wonder who gets to survive. Hmm, who gets to be in charge of that? This article goes on to say, quote, when an embryo develops a major defect or dies, the machine would alert a technician to remove it from the womb like receptacle, close quote. So there you go. They're just going to toss the bad ones out. I mean, yeah, the, de the dead ones too, sure, uh-huh, but what about the defected ones? Those are still human persons. The Chinese researchers hailed the ability of the robot to identify and even learn from developments that humans would no wouldn't notice or be able to address, speculating that this ability could accelerate the use of artificial wombs. Last year, international guidelines for embryo research were relaxed to allow for experiments on embryos past two weeks. Quote, should board should broad public support be achieved within a jurisdiction and if local policies and regulations permit uh, in their paper, Sun and his colleagues openly welcomed embryo research at later developmental stages. Such research would help solve, quote, mysteries about the uh, physiology, close quote, of human embryonic development, including about the, quote, origin of life, close quote as well as help resolve birth defects and reproductive issues, according to the research team. You can read the rest of this article over on LifeSide News. I mean, it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, they're picking the winners and losers. They're taking the act of procreation out of where God designed it to be between a man and a woman in the sacramental bond of marriage, designed to not only uh, come together— as man and woman, to become one flesh, but to create that foundation by which life might proceed and grow in the stable nature of family itself, let alone taking the child just out of the womb of the mother. We are playing God here, and it's not just in China. Do not be fooled. This is happening in many other parts of our world, and they, they are experimenting right here in our own country. This is a concern, and as Catholics, we ought not to uh, tolerate this. We ought to stand up and make our voices heard. Where is the outcry in the church for these types of issues? I hope and pray that in the coming days, the coming years, I want to see a greater support for support of marriage. We must stand our ground on traditional marriage between a man and a woman, sacramental marriage. This is the marriage by design in God's view in his eyes, and nothing else is by design in God's view in his eyes. We should stand for that because it's the best thing possible for mankind. It's the most glorious, most interesting, most holy, most sacred thing, the most best and beautiful gift for humanity that he gave 
to family was a man and a woman in the bond of sacramental marriage to raise their children for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Why don't we stand for that in a greater way in society? It feels like there needs to be a lot of movement in that regard. Well, let me move on to this story here out of the Daily Wire. The headline goes, Facebook and Instagram will allow calls for violence as long as they're against Russians. The article reads, Facebook and Instagram have relaxed their community standards in one very specific arena. In some countries, the platforms will allow posts that call for violence against Russia, Russian soldiers, Russian President Vladimir Putin, and Belarusian President Alexander Lushenko. Okay, well, didn't we kick off Donald Trump? Didn't, I mean, they the January 6th protesters. I mean, like, I, there was a whole mountain of people who were deplatformed from uh, these uh, Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter. They're not included in here. But now all of a sudden it's okay. I mean, the, here's the, uh, the statement from Facebook. They said, oh, let me scroll down here. A spokesman for Meta, Facebook, reportedly told Fox, uh, Fox News Digital, quote, as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we have temporarily made allowances for forms of political expression that would normally violate our rules like violence speech, such as death to the Russian invaders. We still won't allow credible calls for violence against Russian civilians. Well, praise God for that. Critics were quick to question this, this situational ethics on display. Uh, quote, uh, change Russians to Republicans, and you have a headline you're likely to read during the 2024 presidential election campaign. Close quote. The Federalist Sean Davis remarked. And I guess one of my big issues with this story is they're picking again. They pick the winners and the losers. They get to decide what's allowable, what's what's what you're able to conversate about, what you're able to discuss on their platforms. Although I don't advocate violence against other people, uh, irregardless of their uh, their creed or irregardless of their political agenda, I don't advocate violence. But at the same time, I am sort of tired of them getting to decide with their own. Uh, center left, far left in most cases, views on getting to choose who gets to have uh, an opportunity to speak opinions and share them publicly, which reminds me of a story. And um, this is a story out of the blaze. Delta passenger kicked off flight for wearing a hoodie that said expletive Biden. It said expletive Biden. I'm not going to I can't even it, expletive Biden is all it said on there. I think you get the. It's like the more graphic version of Let's Go Brandon. There you go. Now you know. So this gentleman was wearing a, a, a sweatshirt, a hoodie that said that. And Delta wanted him to remove it. And he, he sort of pushed back a little bit. And ultimately, he took it off. And they still threatened him and kicked him off the plane. But here's, here's my thing on this. You know, as a dad, I... I'm very sensitive about what my kids experience in the public space. Like, for instance, when I'm driving down the road and there's a billboard using a scantily clad female to promote toothpaste or some nonsense, let alone you have billboards in certain cities that promote, uh, you know, these air quotes, gentleman club. It's not really gentleman club. It's a, it's a debauched uh, business that steals souls. So these billboards are in our face. These uh, types of things are in our face. And as a dad, I don't like that. I don't want anything to do with that. I, I, similarly, I don't want to see the F word on flags behind cars and trucks or on your T-shirt or on your sweatshirt in front of my children. Like, where's the class? 
at least Let's Go Brandon doesn't have is a list a little more classy. Right. You have your your freedom of speech. But at the same time, you're not shoving this degenerate language into the face and mind of my young ones. Like it, it boggles the mind why we feel like we don't need to have class when disagreeing with our opponents or let alone our enemies. Why don't we have greater charity and class at the very least? We should be people who are mature, not children in grown-up bodies. But I see this all the time. Go to, go to Twitter. You'll see it. It's on display. So many Catholics on Twitter act like they can do and act and say, like little children at, at, uh, the, at the, uh, the, the, the yard, you know, in between classes, they can act as any old way they want with anybody they want because it's okay. Uh, no, it's not okay. We should have class. We can disagree. We can have principal points. And we can stand for truth. But we should do so with some dignity. And I feel like this is an issue because I've been on many planes, and I can tell you the kinds of stuff that people watch on their devices, their laptops, their big iPhones or uh, iPad screens on a plane is scandalous, rated R scandalous. And there's children on that plane. They're not hiding it. It's not being, you know, covered up or whatever. There's no privacy. They have conversations. How many times have I been around, you know, with people in stores on a phone and they're just F-bomb this and F-bomb that? And my kids are present. Like, have class. Be an adult. At some point, you have to grow up and have some dignity. I remember I used to curse like a trucker because I served in the Marine Corps. I was a pagan heathen. And I had the worst, foulest mouth. And one day, I was... I wasn't even thinking. I was just using this language. And one day, I was on the phone with my dad. My dad stopped me mid-sentence. And he said, would you do me a favor? Would you please stop using that language? I was like, wait, what? Like, it blew me away. Nobody had ever even asked or suggested it. It was just a part of the fabric of my language. That was the first time... I would ever stop to think about what I was saying and how I was saying it. I have, uh, I have ever since tried to never use foul language. Let's pray for the grace to overcome that sin this Lent. Amen? We'll be right back. Breaking news and stories and uh, Pablo Stroilov's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org 
Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Washington Examiner reports White House expects inflation will substantially increase in coming months. The February Consumer Price Index posted the highest year-over-year rate since 1982. Yearly inflation rose to 7.9% in February, which White House attributed to largely a 3.5 increase in energy prices. The White House Council of Economic Advisors noted that there has been substantial run-up in energy prices since February, resulting from the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and that energy and commodities prices will likely contribute substantially to inflation in the coming months. And Breitbart reports Joe Biden's America. Anxiety spikes as Americans report high levels of stress due to rising prices. I hope you're sitting down for this story. The stress over the past year has piled on as Americans contributed to face coronavirus restrictions, inflation, and global conflicts under Biden's presidency. Additionally, 87% say that uh, that they feel there has been a constant stream of crises uh, without break over the last two years, and 73% say they are overwhelmed by the number of crises facing the world right now. Further, 69% say they are worried the Russian invasion of Ukraine will lead to nuclear war, and the same percentage fear that these are the beginning stages of World War III. And The Hill reports Jesse Smollett gets 150 days in jail after faking hate crime against himself. Jesse Smollett was sentenced to just 150 days in jail by a Chicago judge on Thursday for lying to police about a politically charged robbery and hate crime he staged against himself. The sentence also includes 30 months of probation and $120,000 in restitution to the city of Chicago. Smollett, who's 39, was found guilty in December of five out of six counts of felony disorder, disorderly conduct for making false reports to police. And Reuters reports WHO says it advises Ukraine to destroy pathogens in health labs to prevent disease spread. The World Health Organization advised Ukraine to destroy high-threat pathogens housed in biolabs in the country to prevent any potential spills that would spread disease among the population. On Wednesday, Russian Foreign Ministry spokesperson Maria Zakharova repeated a long-standing claim that the United States operates a biowarfare lab in Ukraine, an accusation that has been repeatedly denied by Washington and Kiev. Zakharova said that the documents unearthed by Russian forces in Ukraine showed an emergency attempt to erase evidence of military biological programs by destroying lab samples. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Pavel Stroilov. He is uh, an exile uh, from Putin's Russia, having fled the UK after his research as a historian and put his life that put his life at uh, danger. And he. Uh, studied law at King's College in London, University of Law. He now works as a legal consultant for a Christian Legal Center or Christian Concern in the UK. Good morning to you, Pavel Stroilov. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Praise be to Jesus. We're glad that you are here, sir. Uh, let me ask, let me just start with, uh, give us a little bit of background really quick before we jump in. Um, what, why did you leave uh, Russia? What documents did you bring with you that you eventually published? Yes, well, I was um, involved as a, student really in Russia. I was involved in history uh, uh, research and that was mainly history of the uh, Cold War because uh, most of the Soviet archives uh, which were secret in Soviet times remain secret 
in uh, uh, post-Soviet times as well, you know, that was rather dangerous. And uh, especially since I uh, was lucky to uh, access uh, by incident, really, uh, quite a collection of documents which were officially still top secret. Mainly these are documents to do with Soviet foreign policy in 1980s, uh, a bit of 1970s, but mostly 1980s. Uh, uh, this includes records of various international negotiations, notes taken at Politburo meetings and various um, internal uh, memos. Uh, so uh, in order to be able to publish those, and of course, you, uh, as you would expect, the documents do not uh, uh, correspond to the official Putin version of the history of the Cold War. Yeah, nor do they, uh, nor do they square very well with the with the mainstream Western version of the uh, Cold War uh, as it is. Uh, but uh, obviously, since uh, since Putin's version is so different, and since the spy mania and and uh, 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 a wave of repression for publishing anything in the West already started in first Putin years. You know, I had to run away in order to be able to, to try and publish these documents. You know, that's been one of the issues we've had, obviously, trying to cover the, the special military operation in Ukraine is knowing fact from fiction, trying to sort out what to believe. And I think we kind of all come to the conclusion that we don't really trust the, the actors in charge in the Ukraine, and we don't really trust the actors in charge in Russia. Uh, we stand with the people, but uh, we don't know what to believe and what not to believe most times. So let me ask you, what is your take on uh, Vladimir Putin's special military operation in the Ukraine? Well, uh, if you, as basically, as I was growing up in Moscow in 1990s and then uh, you know, spent there some years as a young man in in early Putin years. Basically, it, is, it was pretty. Uh, basically, the root of this is that the uh, uh, dismantling of the communist regime was unfinished. Basically, we, we all Russians and the West relaxed too quickly. Uh, uh, basically, saying well, the Soviet regime is dead. Uh, 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 whereas in reality, as we now know with hindsight, it only faked its own death. Whereas the, uh, some of the bloodiest elements of his power structure, most notably the, the KGB, uh, uh, were, were not dismantled. They remained there, and they were having these revanchist uh, ideas about uh, the Cold War being lost only because Gorbachev was a traitor, we shouldn't have lost, and something pretty similar to what Germany had uh, between the two world wars. So starting from early 90s, really, the, the KGB forces, the so-called Siloviki, like the power uh, ministries, power uh, forces, uh, started doing what they could to restore the Soviet regime and to restore the Soviet empire. Uh, first, the, the first target was Chechnya because they thought it's a small uh, uh, countries, there won't be too much resistance. They miscalculated there. It ended in two, in ten years of a very bloody war and and uh, genocide, uh, frankly. But once that was over, over soon they followed with uh, Georgia. Then uh, they annexed Crimea and and parts of eastern Ukraine, and they hoped that Ukraine would collapse. It didn't. And now the next step is to invade Ukraine and take it over, anyway. 
So this is, you know, basically this is their march to restore the Soviet Empire as it was mm. in the times of the of the Cold War. And of course, if they win in Ukraine, they won't stop there either. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that the uh, the KGB was sort of rebranded as to something something we know today. But uh, it reminded me also of another famous detractor, Yuri Bezmenov. I mentioned him earlier in the hour. He was a famous KGB defector, and he once said that the main objectives of the KGB was to do something called active measures, in which they would ideologically subvert the populace of a country to the extent that the people could no longer discern reality. Uh, do you see that as something that has been accomplished here in the Western world and why we're being emotionally manipulated into taking sides in this conflict between Russia and Ukraine? Well, uh, in a way, obviously, that uh, is, that's absolutely true. Well, KGB was, uh, was uh, the, the idea of active measures is central to all uh, KGB activities, and that is how they fought uh, the Cold War. That's all they can do. So it's not an intelligence service whose main task is just to steal secrets. Mm -hmm. The, the, the uh, task of the KGB is to influence, uh, to manipulate, to build some sort of fifth column on enemy uh, territory uh, and, and so on. That's, that's how they see it. It, it all comes down uh, historically to Marxist ideology and where they thought that well, the, the whole idea was that there would be a proletarian communist revolution everywhere and the Soviet Union is only there to help if something goes wrong. And that's, that's why, for example, in Ukraine, they followed the same scheme, which absolutely is not suited to the circumstances. But they tried to stir up trouble in the most industrial parts of it, in coal-producing regions of Donetsk and Luhansk. You know, they founded Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic. Again, what does it mean? It comes straight from the old Soviet lexicon. And then when it didn't work, you know, they are sort of correcting the errors of the calculated idea of, of the hybrid war, of the, the plan of hybrid war and, and revolution and popular uprising by simply a, a straight, brutal military invasion. We're talking with Pavel Stroilov. We have just about a minute before we go to break, but let me ask you real quick. So if are you suggesting that Vladimir Putin, does he want to bring back communism or he just, he just wants to bring back what felt like the USSR? Can you make a distinction? you got about 60 seconds. I think the only thing they've dropped is the actual Marxist ideology. And they, they uh, started to see it as a, a weakness towards the end of the Soviet Union, the beginning of post-Soviet times. Well, it mm. clearly discredited itself. But apart from that, all these Soviet maxims like might is right and, you know, and, we, want, and we want to have a great empire and Americans are enemies and we are going to rule the world. Well, this sentiment is still there. Okay, hold that thought though I, There's so much I want to get into And we're, we're right at this break, this hard break here We're talking with Pavel Stroilov He is a uh, political exile from, uh, from Russia He now lives in the UK in exile And he works with the uh, Christian Legal Center Christian Concern We're going to talk more about Vladimir Putin Coming up, what his motivations are And uh, maybe the concerns of the people I've been watching a lot of these are vlogs from Russians lately to see who are, who are living there, kind of get their perspective on sanctions, the operation in Ukraine and all of that. And is Vladimir Putin the great Christian crusader saving us from the decadence of the West? We're going to ask that question coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Share some friends.
The devil's third temptation for Jesus in the wilderness is doubt. He leads Jesus to Jerusalem, the city where he will soon be rejected and crucified. There he made him stand on the edge of the temple roof and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from there. Then, flipping the script, he tries to trap Jesus with some scripture quoting of his own, and says, For it is written, He will command the angels to guard you. With their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. But Jesus, again quoting from Deuteronomy, knowing he's trying to make him doubt God's care, rebukes him by saying, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is referring back to the times the Israelites were tempted in Exodus. Lent is like a mini Exodus leading us to the victory of Easter. We must also keep God as our refuge and fortress in whom we trust to see us to victory. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Pavel Stroylov is our guest with Christian Concern in the UK, an organization fighting for Christian rights in public square there. Uh, you should check that out. Uh, but we're having a conversation about Russia, which is uh, his home country, where he's born and raised, and unfortunately had to flee in, uh, in the 2000s to, uh, to the UK. Welcome back to our show, Mr. Stroylov. So let me go back to Vladimir Putin. You know, a KGB colonel somehow gets to be a, 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 the leader of, the, of Russia for 20 years. I'm, it boggles my mind. I know he changed, the, the, I guess it was the Constitution or the laws that allowed him to stay in power, but in a democracy, for one man to be in charge for 20 years boggles my mind. How is that possible? Well, it's not a democracy. You know, that's, that's the answer. He, he abolished uh, democracy. Uh, you know, you have uh, you have the elections are more genuine in uh, Iran nowadays than than in Russia, and Iran is not much of a democracy. Uh, so you know, he got rid of independent uh, media. He got rid of disloyal uh, uh, big businesses and even very old businesses. You know, he suppresses dissent brutally. Uh, opposition rallies are being brutally suppressed. Basically, on the moment. You are on the street protesting. You know, you, you basically you may have only a few seconds until you are brutally arrested and, and taken to the uh, police station. So, so, and of course, all the elections uh, were rigged in a quite uh, shameless way. So, so this way he stays in power. So, uh, so who's running Russia? Is it Vladimir or is it the ol- oligarchs? Or is it the two of them working in in union? I think originally, uh, probably Putin was basically just an agent of the KGB mafia, you know, taking over the the uh, the whole state power on their behalf. And then, well, as far as one can figure out, I think over time he became more of a personal dictator simply because he has been there for a long time and you know has a lot of sycophants came around and he's got a lot of megalomania 
and so on. Uh, so so he, it is now probably a bit more dictatorial than it was in the beginning. Mm. Now, uh, Patriarch Krill also had his, his beginnings in the KGB. Uh, what is the relationship between uh, Russia and the, and the Orthodox Church? Um, is it more of a, uh, like a, like a, 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 like a, how would you say I'm spacing on the word, but like, is it more like a, are they spokespeople for the, for the government now, or is it it's still independent as a church? Uh, no, it's not independent. And of course, the, the, the Putin's idea uh, about uh, Christianity is basically it's limited to the idea that for, to have a strong empire, one wants a strong church, which would be quite obedient to secular mm-hmm. authorities, and it, it must be strictly disciplined so that you don't have uh, uh, something that we are having right now, where uh, 200 priests suddenly sign a petition for uh, for uh, uh, to stop the war in Ukraine. Well, basically, you need to have a power structure, and you need Patriarch Kirill to, to suppress this and to discipline uh, these people. Uh, so, well, uh, so uh, in that sense, you know, Russian Orthodox Church is is uh, unfortunately a tool of the state. It's a different matter that, uh, well, essentially they are playing about Putin and and uh, these secular rulers who are trying to manipulate the church. There is a sense in which they are playing with something that is stronger than they are. They probably don't believe that there is something real behind the church, and uh, there is no harm in the church worshiping jesus as long as you've got enough agents in high places uh, but uh, we know that it works differently and it's uh, and uh, there, there are surprises for them in that such as you know, the conscientious clergymen protesting and risking their livelihoods or and risking their freedom uh, you know, despite all this this uh, strict discipline there. Let's play, uh, let me just play devil's advocate for you for a second. On the Ukraine side of this equation, you know, we have seen corruption at a big scale. I mean, the Hunter Biden story alone was pretty shocking to us during the, the, the last couple of years. I mean, the, the amount of money, billions of dollars flowed in their biolabs now that are obviously, uh, you know, American sponsored. What are they doing there? Who knows? We don't know. Uh, so there's a lot of corruption in that regard. And then uh, there's the story of Nazi brigades and and all this other stuff. Um, would, couldn't it be possible that uh, Vladimir Putin simply doesn't want this on his doorstep and he, there are more, let's say, innocent uh, uh, motives than uh, what we've discussed so far? What would you say to that, Paul Stroilov? Well, the simple answer is that, uh, yes, there, there is corruption in Ukraine, uh, which and the Ukrainians are quite fed up with it. They elected Zelensky because he was promising to get rid of it. But if Putin didn't want that on his doorstep, uh, well, Russian corruption now completely eclipses Ukrainian corruption. So he would start at home. And the same goes for neo-Nazis. Well, I'm sure that uh, Ukraine, like any uh, European nation, has has uh, some minority of neo-Nazis. Like, like everyone has that. I've seen a lot of them in uh, growing up in Moscow. That was part of, uh, of, of Russian neo-Nazis. That was part of the uh, city landscape. Uh, from what my friends tell me from Ukraine, you don't see that. Uh, but again, well, if Putin was so much opposed to that, he would probably start in Moscow. Mm-hmm. I think a more fundamental point is that, well, any country on earth 
can be criticized for a lot of things. Well, no, no, there is no paradise on Earth. When you have a total war of this nature, uh, it's not uh, about trading criticisms of how a particular country falls short of particular ideals. Rather, it is a clash of ideals. You know, Ukraine's reality will may have, have its shortfalls, but the Ukrainian ideal is as a democratic uh, Western Christian nation. And they have an idealized uh, view of the West. That's why they want to enter the European Union and this sort of thing. Whereas Putin's ideal is to restore the Soviet Union. And especially at this moment, as he was starting this war, uh, if you listen to his speeches, if you read his speeches, uh, it's, it's astonishing how he, he just uh, addresses his troops as comrades and talks about Ukraine uh, having no right to exist because it was just an administrative unit of the USSR created by Lenin, and now the Soviet Empire is coming back to take what belongs to it. And that's what he wants. Yeah, I was astonished by his use of the, the great revolution, you know, speaking, uh, you, using the term comrade. Is comrade a term that Russians use today in, in their average language? Uh, no, no, they don't. But Putin, when he came to power, he restored this uh, form of address in the armed forces. That was one of the first actions of Putin when he came to power in early 2000s. Okay. Well, I, I was watching a lot of uh, vloggers from Russia to try to get a sense of how they're doing in all this, because like I said earlier, I don't I don't trust the Ukrainian government and I don't trust the, the Russian government in this situation, but I'm trying to get the sense of the people. And uh, in, in Russia, it seems like, uh, maybe you can correct me, but it seems like a lot of the Russians, I don't know how much of the Russians, but much of the Russians aren't aren't in favor of this uh, war in Ukraine, and they aren't really wanting uh, USSR 2.0. What would you say to that? Uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, a lot of people are afraid, and a lot of people are indifferent and want just to get on with, with their uh, lives. But you can't ignore the fact that since the beginning of this invasion, well, we know around 14,000 people by name who were arrested for protests on the streets of Russian cities. And this, these are only those who were arrested and whom you know by name. So probably the real figure would be in tens of thousands. And mm. the, the leaks from, uh, uh, from the Kremlin circles, from what I've read, are that now the Putin's National Guard units, kind of his elite military unit, insist they must stay in Moscow to protect Putin from Russians, wow. uh, rather than being sent to Ukraine, where obviously things are not going great for them. And of course, so that is, you know, well, obviously you can argue, you know, and you can play one uh, one blog against another blog, and you can, you can point to official opinion polls to show there is support. But you've got tens of thousands of people who are prepared to risk arrest, uh, possibly torture in the hands of Russian police, possibly imprisonment, definitely a criminal record. You know, just to protest against that. That is something. Russia is not with him. We only have just like two minutes left, and I want to ask some questions about getting to uh, an understanding of where the Russians are at, uh, sort of on a moral, ethical compass. So we only have a couple minutes, but like, how about mass attendance there, as far as the, the Orthodox go, or abortion rates? Have they gone up or down? Alcoholism, uh, has it gone up or down since, this, uh, since they've become a democracy, so to speak? 
Yes, well, um, uh, Russia uh, under Putin, like under the Soviet Union, it has one of the most uh, uh, most liberal abortion laws in the world. It's wow. abortion on on uh, demand up to uh, um, uh, twelve weeks, if I remember correctly. You know, for all his talk uh, of Christian values and uh, so on, for all this propaganda, you know, the reality uh, is quite different. And uh, yeah, and of course, the, the same. Well, you can't really say that. Uh, that uh, in Russia and especially in the higher echelons of, of Putin's power structure, uh, you know, you've got any shining examples of morality, uh, you know, and they sh- shall not kill, they shall not steal uh, a couple of uh, obvious examples. Well, and I also see, I mean, since I've never paid attention before, very Western as far as uh, like uh, shopping and restaurants and life. It seems just very much like the rest of the, of the West. And, uh, and I think that they're fearing that these uh, sanctions, these companies are punishing them by shutting down instead of punishing Putin. Uh, but uh, it seems like that's also a tragedy in this story. The, the people are being punished instead of Vladimir Putin. But I think that is that is right, and uh, you know the root of the problem is that the West doesn't have the courage to do what needs to be done, i.e., yeah. no-fly zone or at least openly supply and hmm. defense uh, systems to Ukraine, do this sort of thing. Well, so instead of that, we're uh, out of time. I'm sorry, Pavel. I hate to cut you off, but I'm actually out of time. I have to say goodbye because we're going to be cut off. Pavel Stroilov, Christian Concern, Christian Legal Center in the UK. Thank you for your time today. God bless you and God love you. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. We appreciate you listening, uh, but uh, God bless you. God love you. See us back here on Monday, and uh, we're going to have another great round of conversations for you all week long. We appreciate it. If you can join us in the second hour, do so. You can hang out with us on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And again, thank you to Amber and to all of Dave, Dave Palmer and Tim for fasting with us today. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. St. Benedict sees patience as a way we really participate in the sufferings of Christ. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Patience is an important virtue in the life of a Benedictine monk. In the rule of St. Benedict, he asks us to bear each other's infirmities. Not only infirmities that take the form of physical illness, which is easy to understand, but those infirmities that are psychological and spiritual, too. 
St. Benedict also asks us to put up with the weaknesses we all have. Whether it's my abbey or your family, there are many opportunities for patience when living with others in community. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. What a difference it would make if we bore the weaknesses of others with patience and saw them as invitations to immerse ourselves in the love with which Christ bore his sufferings. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. It is Friday, March the 11th, 2022. Praise be to God, it is uh, Friday, so it's the weekend. You have survived the week. Congratulations. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. By the At least, I don't know about where you are at, but where I'm at. Praise God. Compared to my last <laughs> weekend, woof, I can't wait. I get to sleep. I'm gonna just so excited. Uh, but it's going to be uh, beautiful weather here, and we're getting excited because we have two kids, two teens, that are going to be confirmed. Uh, if God holy wills it, uh, we'll see that next week. But they're, we're practicing for confirmation this this weekend, which means, you know, the great slap, Rudy. The great slap. I promised my kids I don't want them to show up in front of the Cardinal and not be prepared for that. So we're no. going to do two a days. We're going <laughs> to practice hardcore until, until uh, they get confirmed. This way, my kids are going to be really ready for that slap. Now, the trick to I'm a teasing. really great slap. Is mm-hmm. to lead your whole body through yeah. with the it's, movement. It, it's in it's in the lats, right? Like it's really in the lats. It's in the back. It's true. It's, like it's not right. in the arm. You gotta. Yeah. You really. It's technique. You don't. You don't want to bend your wrist because then you can hurt your wrist. You don't want to do that. That's true. Right? You got to keep, keep it straight. straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're teasing. It's a joke. I'm so sorry. All right. You can spank your kids in Texas. You know. Is that allowed? Yeah, it's allowed here. I don't know. I don't think it's allowed here either. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of spanking your kids? No. I don't spank my kids. No. I have never once spanked my children. Any of them? None of them. Wow. Not even one time. You're a good dad. I know. I know. You're a good dad. Hey, I also don't have kids. Do you do you remember getting slapped by the bishop when yes, you were confirmed? Yes, I did. Was it, how hard was it? It was like a very light tap. Like, really? I don't know. If I got to be honest. I don't know if it qualifies as a slap, to be honest. I, I, I hate to admit this publicly. I don't remember if I was slapped. Probably not. I didn't get slapped. There's a 99% chance you didn't get slapped because yeah. <clears throat> it's not in the new uh, the new right. I got slapped because my confirmation sponsor asked the bishop to. Oh, you sure that's the reason? Yeah. I don't know. I know for certain that's why. <laughs> Fun fact, I, I actually received an illicit confirmation. 
Really? Yeah. How did that happen? Second time. Yeah, I was confirmed when I was a kid. It was a stranger on the street walked up. So, yeah, I'm the bishop. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I was confirmed as a kid. They do it differently in Mexico. And then uh, later on, when I participated in RCIA, which was not 2020, I made a mistake. It wasn't that year. It was like earlier in 2012. They just did it again for some reason, even though I gave them the certificate. So that was weird. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. That's a big cringe right there. Yeah. Alyssa. Yeah. Um, note. Don't receive the sacraments more than once, at least not the ones that yeah. invoke an indelible mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's uh, baptism and confirmation. You Good. can't get those more than once. Good to know. There Good you go. Good to know. Praise <laughs> to God. Bad idea. <laughs> bad, generally speaking, bad idea. Oh, I was uh, going to do that this weekend. All right. Uh, we just wrapped up a great conversation with Pavel Stroilov, a very interesting one. Uh, he is a uh, man living in exile in the U.K. from Russia, and he was trying to give us some insight into what is sort of the back end of of the story here with Russia and Vladimir Putin. And if you're at all interested in that and you didn't hear it, why don't you go catch the podcast, which you can find linked up on our website. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Look at the blue bar at the bottom and you can listen to the podcast right then and there. Or you can click on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, look for Catholic Drive Time, but leave us a five-star review while you're there. You can also get the podcast on our Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app, which you can download from your iOS or your Android app store absolutely for free. And it gives you the ability to not only listen to our podcast, but to others as well, and to include listening to the live audio stream of your local Guadalupe Radio Network station. Get the station manager's contact information. You can uh, check out programming and a lot more. Go to your app store and download the Google uh, the uh, Guadalupe Radio Network app today. That would be very grateful. Uh, but make sure to share our podcast with others, you know, that would be really wonderful, too. I want to thank Amber Carey, Dave Palmer, and Tim Hanavan this morning for joining us in our 2022 Lenten campaign of prayer, fasting, and penance for ardent sinners, grave sinners, you know, the heretics, the ones that preach error intentionally, those blasphemers who who try to, uh, you know, espouse such insanity in their language and in their behavior, uh, such an offense to God. Let's not leave those souls behind. Let's pray fast and do penance that, and uh, for God's grace and through Our Lady that they may be converted before it is too late for them. So we're praying for those intentions as well as peace in our world. And Amber, Dave, and Tim are taking today to offer up their suffering. We're grateful. Let's pray. Let's begin with our golden arrow prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here is a harrowing tale. Epic Times reports boy, six years old, gets hero's welcome after jumping in front of car to save his two-year-old sister. When a two-year-old child ran onto the street in Mobile, Alabama, her six-year-old brother didn't hesitate to follow, pushing her out of the way of an oncoming car and taking the impact of the collision. After spending hours in the hospital, the little boy was hailed a hero by his proud family and his very own heroes, the local fire department. We were all at a family gathering, 29-year-old mom of four, Kayla Gills, told Epic Times. The children were all very much supervised. However, toddler Casey had somehow managed to slip away and was hiding behind one of the parked cars in the yard. 
When everyone noticed that Casey was missing and asked about her, the little girl darted from behind the car and just headed to the street. Witnessing this, everyone ran behind little Casey. At that moment, Casey's older brother, Caden, who was riding his hoverboard up and down the sidewalk, sprang to her aid. The driver saw the children but was driving so fast that the car could not break in time to avoid them. As Caden pushed Casey away from the oncoming vehicle, he was struck in the back of the head and the collision caused him to skid on the concrete, grazing the entire side of his body. My heart immediately dropped the moment Casey darted towards the street, Kayla recalled the moment. When Caden was struck by the vehicle, my heart immediately left my chest. The distraught mom then retrieved her toddler from the sidewalk and her son from the road, laying him down on the grass nearby. He was then rushed to the hospital for assessment, and Kayla shared the family's ordeal on Facebook. Naturally, as you would do in that situation. Caden is fine, everyone, she posted, and all of his tests came back well. He has a few scrapes and scars, but with time they will all heal. I'm just glad my babies are okay. A couple of days after the incident, Caden was welcomed home by Mobile Fire and Rescue, who invited the heroic six-year-old to explore their fire truck and even sound the horn. Caden, who dreams of becoming a firefighter one day, was really excited. Public Information Officer Stephen Milhouse commended Caden for having the heart of a hero. For Caden to be able to recognize what was happening and to react the way he did, he's definitely a beacon of our future, he said. Greater love than this, no man hath, that a, lay, a man lay down his life for his friends, am I right? And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Teresa Margaret Reedy. She was born Anna Maria Reedy to a large noble family in Ariso. At the age of nine, she was enrolled in the boarding school of the Benedictine monks of the monastery of St. Apollonia. An alumna of the monastery school had returned to bid farewell to her former teachers as she was entering the community of discaled Carmelite nuns in the city. Reedy was deeply moved by the enthusiasm and joy she saw in the older girl's face. As she reflected on this, she felt that she suddenly received an unspoken message from the foundress of the order, the noted Carmelite mystic and foundress Teresa of Avila. On the 1st of September, 1764, she formally submitted her request for admission to the assembled discaled Carmelite nuns of the Monastery of St. Teresa in Florence. Reedy was admitted to the monastery in November, 1764, on the 11th of March of the following year, and she was given the religious habit of the order and the religious name of Teresa Margaret Mariana of the Sacred Heart. Well, that's a mouthful. Teresa Margaret was a very private and spiritual person. She was assigned to the office of infirmarian for the community. That would mean she was the nurse. When she carried out diligently, she had a special gift for reaching the deaf and mentally ill nuns among her charges. At the same time, she was able to grow deeply in her interior life. She was given a special contemplative experience concerning the words of 1 John 4, 8, God is love, which, she was, which was a phrase she would repeat often. Despite the constant reprimands and humiliations inflicted on her by the prioress of the community in order to test her, she proved to be unfailingly cheerful. At the start of 1770, an epidemic broke out in the monastic community, and Teresa Margaret worked ceaselessly caring for the other nuns. In early March, she seemed to have a premonition of her sudden death, which was at the young age of 23. On the 6th of March, having been forced to miss the community meal, she was eating alone in the refectory when she had a sudden attack of a pain similar to colic, which left her unable to reach her room until morning. 
Eventually taken to her bed, she summoned help, and although she was suffering a good deal of pain, she refused to be cared for by any of the other nuns so as to not burden them. Given the last rites that afternoon, she then lost her ability to speak or move, and death soon followed. St. Teresa Margaret Reedy, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verses 20 through 26. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court, Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Pseudo Chrysostom said, He who is angry without cause shall be judged, but he who is angry with cause shall not be judged. For if there were no anger, neither teaching would profit, nor judgments hold, nor crimes be controlled, so that he who on just cause is not angry is in sin, for an unreasonable patience sows vices, breeds carelessness, and invites the good as well as the bad to do evil. Close quote, pseudo-Chrysostom. Here's one really quick thing. The last penny from Hadock's commentary today. He says, agree whilst you are in the way or wayfaring men in this life, lest you be cast into prison, i.e. according to St. Cyprian, Ambrose, and Origen into purgatory. However, according to St. Augustine, into hell, in which as the debt is to be paid to inflexible justice, it can never be acquitted, and of course, no release can be hoped for from that prison. Oof. Adrian, what did you find? This reminded me of my something my mom used to show me when I was younger. She had a she would have all these stuff from Fatima, and one of the uh, magazines that she had had a story from the the children of Fatima who had said that that many people went to hell for saying mean words, not for cursing. Note this, not for cursing, which would be like blasphemy. That would be a grave, grave sin, but for saying mean words. And this really struck me and made me think of that because here he's talking about saying Raka to your brother. And what does uh, Cornelius Lapide say here? He breaks down Raka and breaks it into all the different theories of what that term refers to. But he basically concludes that no matter what a word means, it is an insult. And he said, but if he should say thou fool, Raka, it would not be a case for the judgment, but would render him liable to the damnation of hell. He goes on and says, it is certain that Raka is more than to be angry, less than to say thou fool. 
Again, Raka is ambiguous. It may be venial or it may be mortal. But to say thou fool is certainly a mortal sin. This struck me and I was reading this and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, This is something that we need to think about, something that we need to contemplate, myself included, that why this how often do we insult our brothers how we how often do we uh how are we, are we rude to our friends and our family and we say things that we don't think are that bad it's like i'm not dropping the f-bomb or anything i'm just you know you saying how oh, you dude you're dumb things like that these things our lord does not desire this so let us try to be perfect let us avoid this and let us avoid avoid saying raka to our brothers, insult them, call them a fool, unless we end up in the burning fires of hell. All right, it is time to play our game, and today's the day we pull out the prizes, or we give away prizes, pull out a name, and give away prizes. So you could win. Your last three chances to win are right now. And let me encourage you, if you've never played our game, be our first caller. It's fun and easy. We always have a good time. And you could win. It's possible. Or if it's been at least a month, you could call back. That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... 
Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. All right? So you know the deal. You've been around anytime soon. You know you're not supposed to be, you know, loose lips sink ships. You know what I'm saying? So don't keep, <laughs> keep this between us. What are you laughing at? Keep this just between us. We, there are a few things we like to do on the show. Number one, we teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then number two, we like to have a laugh. It's a good time. And that's and the, our callers are amazing. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, number three, we give out prizes, which today is that day. And that makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, for your benefit, let me explain. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, but we will not be asking the caller the questions. So they don't know. They don't need to know. They, they could get all of them. Technically, they could get them all wrong and still win our game. And that's because instead of asking them, we ask Rudy and Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Praise R- God, our Sorry, sorry, Joe. Sorry to cut you off there. Go for it. Praise God. Our game show sponsor this week is Classic Catholic. The winner this week will receive a beautiful print of a Eucharistic chalice from a Benedictine Abbey design from 1908. My Lord and my God. Every time you look at this print, you're going to think of the precious and holy blood of Jesus. Classic Catholic has many other fantastic illustrations on their Etsy page. Please check them out and support them at Classic Catholic. That's one word, Classic Catholic on Etsy. Thank you very much. Classic Catholic, you are amazing. We are very grateful when uh, you step up and give us prizes to give away to our audience. So God love you, Classic Catholic on Etsy. All right, let's go to the phones. Robert, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Praise be to God, Robert. Thanks for calling in. Where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. What? San Antonio? I like the greatest town in America. Praise be to God. Were you born and raised there, Robert? Yes. So you must have gone to the great Judson High School then. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the, the great Judson High School. Oh, Judson. No, yeah. I went to St. John's. I'm so sorry. Uh, my deepest, <laughs> sincerest apologies to you, Robert. Not everybody can go to the great Judson High School, I suppose. Okay, I guess not. <laughs> I'm only teasing you. Fighting caterpillars. Boy, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, San Antonio has dominated the show this week. San That's Antonio right. listeners, step it up. Praise be to God. All right, Robert, uh, where do you go to church? Uh, St. Timothy's. Wonderful. Praise God. Uh, are we you have fr- a Latin Mass. Oh. Latin Mass. Hey. We love the Latin Isn't Mass. It? Praise be to Jesus. Now, are you familiar with our game? Do you know how the rules work, sir? Uh, I guess I listen to it once or twice. Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you the questions. I'm going to ask Rudy and Adrian. One of them will give you a correct answer. The other will give you an incorrect. And then you'll have 15 seconds to try to decide who is trying to trick you. All right, and then of course the correct answer. You just say, "I I think Rudy's correct," and then if that's right, we'll put it in the cup. Does that sound fair? Okay, so I don't get mixed up between the two. <laughs> I'm on your side here, Robert. I'm going to help you navigate these very difficult waters. Are you ready to play? Okay, let's do this. All right, as is our tradition, our patrimony, our custom here at the Catholic Drive Time team, we are going to start with Rudy. Rudy, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Joe. Hey, are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you sure? I couldn't go to sleep last night. I was so excited. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me, what is a bi-nation? What is a bi-nation? Okay, yes. so yesterday we talked about uh, jurisdiction of a bishop 
-hmm. Well, Bination yeah. is yeah. permission to have jurisdiction in two countries. Really? By like two huh. by meaning two nations. So okay, so like a bishop has jurisdiction. Is it about a bishop or can it be a priest or a deacon or an acolyte, an altar server? I mean, like, what are we talking about there? It could be somebody who went to Judson High School. What? <laughs> that I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It's the greatest school ever. It's okay. True. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. A permission over two nations, you say? Mm -hmm. Let's see what Adrian says. I, Robert, I think we should get a second opinion. Hey, uh, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Maybe. What is by nation? What is by nation? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, that would be permission given to a priest oh. to celebrate mass okay. twice in one day. Now, oh. I know most people are like, what? Father always says mass twice in one day. <laughs> but because he has permission. Technically speaking, they're only supposed to do one, but generally bishops are just given permission blankly oh, to I say see. masses twice okay. a day nowadays. That's not, that's not even close to what Rudy said. Did you know that? I, mean, it's like, okay. I don't know. Robert, reasonable. Robert, here is the deal. By nation, fancy term, I suppose. Uh, Adrian says it's permission for a priest to say more than one mass in a single day, whereas Rudy says it's permission to practically anybody in the church to have authority over two nations. I have no idea what he meant by that. But at any rate, 15 seconds on the clock, Robert. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Okay, Adrian. Wow, that quickly? You want to think about it a little bit, or <laughs> could you ask a friend? I mean, Google it. Nothing. I didn't have time to get my dictionary. <laughs> of course, easy peasy. Praise God. Praise God. You're in the cup, Robert. You could win. Permission to give a priest uh, to say mass twice in a single day is by nation. Well done, sir. Well done. All right. Second question. We're going to go to Adrian. Uh oh. Adrian? That's dangerous. Can you tell me? What's dangerous? Adrian's dangerous? Adrian's or the dangerous. question's dangerous? Adrian's dangerous. Oh, well, oh, there you go. Scary. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Adrian, can you tell me what is an acolyte who carries mm. the thurible mm. called? Yes. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking Do about. Do you? Yes. The acolyte who carries the thurible. That's what you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. That would be the boat bearer. What are y'all laughing at? I'm not. I've got allergies. It's in the morning. It's always morning allergies. That's all it is. The boat bearer, you the say. Boat bearer. The boat bearer. That's because the boat is inside the thurible, and it holds the incense. Is that it? No. No. That's not? That's no. not it? Uh, it's just the boat bearer. It's the boat bearer because he carries the boat. Car carries. Oh, that's the thing that holds the incense. Mm. Is that what you're saying? Mm. Okay. The boat bearer. Hey, Rudy. Can you tell me, what is an acolyte? Who carries the thurible called? Huh. The acolyte who carries the thurible. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, the term for that, I think, is a thurifier. Thurible, thurifier. Thurifer? Thur like a thurifer? Yeah, thurifer. Is that what you meant? Is, thurifer. Yeah, thurifer. Okay. Thurifer. Hmm. Yep. okay. All right. Well, Robert, here's the deal. Uh, Rudy says it's called a thurifer, whereas Adrian says... The guy who carries, carries the thurible is a boat bearer. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Robert, you what's say that? You say Rudy said the thurifer? That's the one. That's the, that's, that's the, are you sure? Yes, yeah. the Boat bearer. That's so just thurible. Good grief, Adrian. Thurible choice. Thurible choice. It's correct. It is the thurifer. And the boat, is the boat it carries the incense, Adrian? That is correct. Yeah, so it's that little, it's got a little spoon. It's fantastic. It's like a genie lamp. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for some it's reason. Fantastic. It's got a tiny little spoon in its neat. All right, praise God, you're in for two. God is so very good. I, I'm going to say 
Easiest question of all next, Robert. You, I think you're in for three. That's that's my prediction here. Let's just see how it goes. Oh, we're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy? Well, my friend, are you ready? Can you tell me? Yes, my friend. Pop quiz. What is the fourth station of the cross? Don't look oh, over there. Don't don't, don't Google it. I'm. Uh, what is it? Fourth station. My heart's breaking already go. with the stations of the cross. Jesus meets his mother. Wow. Blessed Mother. You, you did that very Just fast. Just imagine that. I'm impressed. I wonder if I quizzed you on the Ten Commandments, if you'd know those is good. <laughs> don't. Don't oh, do that. Don't do that on radio. <laughs> Not on air. <laughs> Not on air. <laughs> the, Jesus meets his mother was your answer. That's right. All right. Well, I, let's see what uh, Adrian says. Hey, Adrian, can you tell me? Hey, Joe. Yes, I can. What is the fourth station of the cross? The fourth, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. The Number fourth, four. that would be mm-hmm. the carrying of the cross. The carrying mm-hmm. of the cross. Hmm... Well, Robert, I wonder how well you know your stations of the cross because the fourth station, according to Adrian, is the carrying of the cross, whereas the fourth station to Rudy is Jesus meets his mother. 15 seconds on the clock, Robert. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, sir? Wow. Very quick. Praise be to God. Man, he's very impressive, sir. Three uh, three perfect uh, answers and very quick. Was that easy to you, Robert? Yes. Yeah, easy. They have now, good catechesis over there, huh? Latin mass, I know what a there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the Latin Mass in San Antonio was at St. Pius X Catholic Church. All right. It was, but we moved to St. Timothy's because Father Juan Carlos had to drive 25 minutes to get over there from St. Timothy's. So finally, the Archbishop moved us over to St. Timothy's. Noted. That's a long drum roll. I have you got a to... ticket so, here a, in a, my a, hand. You, did you shake it up? I shook it up. I okay. shuffled. You might and not the win, winner Robert. is... I don't know. Carol. Carol! Carol! Praise God. Way to go, Praise Carol. God. Robert, I'm sorry it was not God's holy will, but you were a lot of fun, and you played a perfect game, so congratulations to you, sir. Oh, thank you. God bless you. Thank you for okay. calling in, Robert. We really appreciated hearing from you today. But uh, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show today. Praise be to God. Thank you all for hanging out with us this whole week. We enjoyed our conversations and the guest segments and everything else. The having a laugh is always fun. If you can hang out with us for the next 30 minutes in the after show, we would love to hang out with you. You can hang out with us on one of our live video feeds. We're on Rumble. We're on Odyssey. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. And we cross post everywhere else. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get all those links or to just watch live there. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you, Amber, Dave, and Tim for suffering for us today. We are grateful. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Good morning and welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. 
Today we celebrate Friday of the first week of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Media. <clears throat> Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly-minded, for with blessing in his hand, Christ our Lord to earth descends now, our full homage to demand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty, Almighty God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. Grant that your faithful, O Lord, we pray, may be so conformed to the Paschal observances that the bodily discipline now solemnly begun may bear fruit in the souls of all. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, if the wicked man turns away from all the sins he committed, if he keeps all my statutes and does what is right and just, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the crimes he committed shall be remembered against him. He shall live because of the virtue he has practiced. Do I indeed derive any pleasure from the death of the wicked, says the Lord God? Do I not rather rejoice when he turns away from his evil ways that he may live? And if the virtuous man turns from the path of virtue to do evil, the same kind of abominable things that the wicked man does, can he do this and still live? None of his virtuous deeds shall be remembered because he has broken faith and committed sin. Because of this, he shall die. You say, the Lord's way is not fair. Hear now, house of Israel. Is it my way that is unfair? 
or rather are not your ways unfair. When someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity and dies, it is because of the iniquity he committed that he must die. But if the wicked, turning away from the wickedness he has committed, does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. Since he has turned away from all the sins that he committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my voice and supplication. If, if you, you, O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, Lord, who can stand? But with you is forgiveness, that you may be revered. If you, if you O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? I trust in the Lord, my soul trusts in his word. My soul waits for the Lord, more than sentinels wait for the dawn. Let Israel wait for the Lord. If you, if you O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? For with the Lord is kindness, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all their iniquities. If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, who can stand? Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Cast away from you all the crimes you have committed, says the Lord, and make for yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly, while on the way to court. Otherwise your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When we looked at that first reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, I think we could understand the response of the people of God when they say, the Lord's way is seemingly not fair. 
But I think the reading reminds us that there's kind of two fundamental directions in a person's life or in our life. We're either going one way or another. We are either going from good to better in the service of our Lord and God and of our neighbor, you know, growing, striving to grow in virtue, striving to grow in holiness, or we are going from bad to worse uh, in the service of God, Lord. We are, in other words, going from sin to sin. And St. Ignatius of Loyola has this very, uh, very exquisite way of explaining how the spirits seem to work in us if we're going from good to better. That is, the enemy tries to put up all kinds of obstacles in our way, whereas the good spirit is trying to encourage us to grow. And we need to be striving to overcome our sins and so on and so forth. And then if we're going the opposite direction, if we're going from bad to worse, from mortal sin to mortal sin, then our enemy wants to keep us very comfortable, doesn't want us to change. Um, and then the good spirit is trying to uh, prick our conscience in order for us to turn 180 degrees and go the other direction. In other words, to serve God and our Lord. But what Ezekiel is trying to say, I, I suspect, is that if we are going from good to better and then we all of a sudden abandon that road and begin to go from bad to worse, and we abandon our, our love for God, we abandon our, our, our striving for holiness, then we're, we are in big trouble. <laughs> and we are in big trouble. But then if we, if we recognize that we are going in the wrong direction and we turn and then begin to follow our Lord, then, you know, he says, you know, the Lord says, I do not wish uh, the, 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 says, the wicked turning from his wickedness he has committed does not, does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. He kind of touches upon the gospel today. What Jesus says at the very beginning, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, I tell you, unless your righteousness, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is not that the Pharisees didn't have any righteousness at all but it's very minimal. And it's not enough to say, okay, we, we cannot in the spiritual life simply stand still. We are going in one direction or another. We need to be growing. And this is why this holy season of Lent, that word Lent coming from the word lengthen, because not only the days are lengthening, but our hearts should be lengthening. Our striving for virtue and for God's grace should be expanding. And in a particular way, the Lord focuses on that one particular commandment about you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. It's kind of a scary thought. I mean, who of us can say I've never been angry with my brother or have had a, have hold, held hatred in my heart? Therefore, it says, if you bring your gift to the altar, go be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. Every time I hear this gospel, I'm reminded of an experience I had when I was in high school. In high school, I had a, a, a friend of mine. We were very good friends for a while, but then we had a bit of a falling out. But when we were friends, my friend had given me a very expensive piece of computer equipment. It was called a modem back then. <laughs> uh, most people don't even know what that is anymore. But it was a very expensive piece of equipment. And you know, after we had had this falling out, uh, he, he began to kind of pester me. And so I had this piece of equipment, which really belonged to him. But it was my only leverage. It was my only way to say, if he keeps bothering me, you know, I'm, I'm not, not only not going to give this back, but I had deeper thoughts of going on a three-story building and dropping it off the side as it'd be done with it. But this was my, this was the only leverage I had against this person who was now bugging me. We'd become friends, and it seemed we'd become enemies. Well, one Sunday we went to mass, and this was the gospel. 
and I said, oh, shoot, I need to change. And so I was, I came out, I said, I have to give this thing back to him because it belongs to him. And whether he's going to pester me or not after that, well, we'll have to figure it out. God will have to take care of that. So I mustered all the courage that I possibly could have to bring this thing back to his house. And it went amazingly peacefully. And from that moment on, I realized, well, I realized in that gospel and hearing that gospel that I couldn't hold something against my brother and then come to offer like, the perfect gift of myself to the Lord with Jesus on the altar. Like, it just doesn't work that way, that I needed to be reconciled with this person on my end, and then whatever he was going to do, that's his problem, but I needed to do that on my side, and then I could offer a more perfect gift to God in the Mass and be really ready to receive him. My righteousness really did need to succeed just the bare minimum. I really needed to strive for that. And so the peace that I experienced was, was, was tremendous and it was great. And it just reminds me that if we are going to offer our perfect gift in this holy season of Lent, especially at the end of Lent, then we strive to overcome our sins. We strive to overcome any anger or resentment that we hold in our hearts against our brother. Because we don't at the very, very end want to pay the last penny. So may the Lord in this time of grace, this time of reconciliation, help us to be reconciled with our brother. If our brother has anything against us, let us leave our gift to the altar, go be reconciled with our brother or sister, and then come to offer the more perfect gift of ourself. Amen. We should pour forth prayers at all times to your brothers and sisters, but above all, in these days of Lent, we ought to watch more intently with Christ and direct our petitions more fervently to God. Let us pray for the whole Christian people that in this sacred time, they may be more abundantly nourished by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the whole world, in particular for the situation in Ukraine, that in lasting tranquility and peace, our days may truly become the acceptable time of grace and salvation. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For sinners and the neglectful, especially those who hold resentment against her brothers and sisters, that in this time of reconciliation, they may return to Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves, that God may at last stir up in our hearts a version for our sins. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intention of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Network, and for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that your people may turn to you with all their heart, so that whatever they dare to ask in fitting prayer, they may receive by your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. Take up your cross, the Savior said, if you would my disciple be. Deny yourself, the world forsake and humbly follow after me take up your cross let not its weight fill your weak spirit with alarm his strength shall bear your spirit up shall brace your heart and nerve your arm take up your cross then in his strength and every danger calmly brave to guide you to a better home 
and victory over death and grave. Take up your cross and follow Christ, nor think till death to lay it down, for only he who bears the cross may hope to wear the glorious crown. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and the glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept the sacrificial offerings, O Lord, by which in your power and kindness you willed us to be reconciled to yourself and our salvation to be restored through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for through bodily fasting you restrain our faults, raise up our minds, and bestow both virtue and its rewards through Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abahod, Plenis Uncelli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, 
Save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccatamundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. 
but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. As I live, says the Lord, I do not desire the death of the sinner, but rather that he turn back and live. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Draw near, O Lord our God, graciously hear us, guilty of sinning before you. O King exalted, Saviour of all nations, see how our grieving lifts our eyes to heaven. Hear us, Redeemer, as we beg forgiveness. Draw near, O Lord our God, graciously hear us, guilty of sinning before you. Might of the Father, Keystone of God's temple, Way of salvation, Gate to heaven's glory, Sin has enslaved us, Free your sons from bondage. Draw near, O Lord our God, Graciously hear us, guilty of sinning before you. Let us pray. May the holy refreshment of your sacrament restore us anew, O Lord, and cleansing us of old ways, take us up into the mystery of salvation through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. Look with favor on your people, O Lord, that what their observance outwardly declares it may inwardly bring about through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks. be to God. Stabat Mater Dolorosa Iuxta crucem lacrimosa, dum pendebat filius, cuius animam gementem, contristatam et dolentem, per transivit gladius, o quam tristis et afflicta, Fuidi la benedicta, mater unigeniti. O quam tristis et afflicta, pia mater benedicta.
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Is a 